May we remind you, seating areas on the right-hand side of this auditorium have been designated as no smoking areas. Enjoy, sweetheart, enjoy. Wall's World of Flavors Cornetto made with butter and double cream. Just one of the World of Flavors range of ice creams on sale in this theater now. Get the big taste of Wessler's hot dogs where you see this brand. And now, preview time. There is a creature alive today who has survived millions of years of evolution without change, without passion, and without logic. It lives to kill. Jaws. For over 50 years, Walt Disney has turned classic stories into classic animated motion pictures. Now the tradition continues as one of the world's greatest stories becomes the newest Disney motion picture classic. In the 21st century, a weapon will be invented like no other. Arnold Schwarzenegger is... The Terminator. Hello. Makes you notice, doesn't it? A little bit of darkness. Refines the senses. Focuses the mind. It's time to enjoy the... With no distractions. No sudden ringtones. No glaring screens. No talking. So sit back. Relax. Switch off your phone. And switch off from the outside world. Non, c'est ce que je disais. Oui, voilà, c'est bâté, c'est de la blague. Après tout, tout est beau. Il n'y a qu'à s'intéresser aux choses et les trouver belles. Time has come. Catherine Bigelow. This and some of the other nice things that have happened to me in the last couple of days may turn me into some sort of hopeful optimist and ruin my whole life. Spoil? <laughs> Did he spoil me? No. I remember quite clearly. It was. 1946, and I was four years old. My mother took me to see King Vidor's Duel in the Sun. Al film italiano Deserto Rosso di Michelangelo. Michelangelo Antonioni. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. Three artists in the presentation of the Palm Door. Adele, Leia, and Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 36 of the Filmotomy podcast. My name is B. Garner, and uh, I'm joined today by some amazing people. Um, so, uh, hello, Mark. How are you? I'm great. How are you guys? Great, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm also joined by Rob. Hi there. Hello. And last but not least, we've got Doug here. So, hi Doug, you're uh, new to this. Hi, being yeah, my first time. 
great to be here. On this week's podcast, we're going to be discussing the decline in cinema attendance. Um, shockingly, I found out that 2017 had the lowest level of box office takings. Uh, it was actually down from uh, 2016 by 35%. Um, but why is that? Uh, I guess that's what we're going to be discussing and finding out. But um, I'm just wondering whether anyone was aware of the decline in cinema attendance. Well, I've seen I've seen a po- like a lot of opinions just based on how much it costs to go out to the movies now. I mean, here in America, we're you're looking at at a minimum of ten, but it's most likely twelve or thirteen dollars per ticket. And then you're talking about concessions, which they sort they sort of have at the multiplexes anyway. Um, at the bigger, uh, you know, the big the multi theater establishments or the multi screen establishments, they have you know concessions that cost way more than they should because they have to make up for you know what what revenue is lost by you know the lack of tickets they sell. So I mean, it, it's sort of this business, at least in America, this business model where you know it's it's this kind, you know, it, it's very, I don't know, it's very structured by um, the, the financial makeup of it. And then, you know, movies on demand are so accessible now, mm. you know, uh, you know, streaming, that sort of thing. So I, I definitely think, you know, most people say it's not really worth it. You know, it's a hassle. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are on their cell phones, you know, while the movie's playing. Um, the, you know, the floors are sticky with soda and candy, oh, you know, no. so this is just like... <laughs> Uh, these unappealing aspects of going out and making the effort. Uh, what about what's the situation like for you, Doug, down under? It's exactly. I mean, it's exactly the same. <laughs> uh, so here, here a ticket probably costs around about twenty-five Australian dollars, which I think is around about eighteen dollars American, and wow. I think it's about fourteen pounds. So. Mm. It, it is, and that's for a kind of a standard session. Then it obviously goes up there with premium. Uh, some, we've got something here called Gold Class, which is like the you know big reclining chairs, and it goes up from there to make it more of a, a kind of a special experience. But I mean, it, it, it's exactly the same with people talking on their phones and people chatting with each other and taking photos of the screen and oh. taking photos of themselves. And it, <laughs> it, it's there's kind of a complete lack of respect for everybody else in the cinema now. So it's, I mean, it's not a surprise that people have generally stopped going to the cinema to see movies. Yeah, it, it really annoys me when people are on their phones. <laughs> uh, you just like, oh, and the adverts that they play during like, at the start of the film are like, please turn mm-hmm. off your mobiles or <laughs> your cell phones, but no one ever pays attention. No one listens. Yeah. No, yeah. no. Um, now, I, I found something quite interesting when I was doing my studies uh, into this topic. Um Although the US, the UK, and I guess probably the Australian box office results are are down, the actual global box office has peaked, um, Mm -hmm. has gone up. So we actually had a record of 40.6 billion cinema tickets, I think, sold in China. Or the, which is a crazy amount. So, um, where it, it looks like now that China is where the money is being spent uh, in terms of cinema, which uh, mm. is that a surprise to people? 
Well, that's been a trend the last, um, you know, really the last 10 years is the exported like movies to China and them having really big um, box office returns, even Mm. to the point where people, you know, Marvel executives have to consider what, um, should we say, you know, cultural uh, touchstones that they that they can put in there because (laughs) they are selling it to that Chinese audience, which. Um, certainly hasn't been very friendly to like the, for instance, the LGBT community. So it's just like, that's, that's certainly an aspect of big studio movie making that is, is really notable. And you can kind of see that pattern over the last, like I said, 10 or so years. Mm. And as well, I suppose um, there are certain films that are being set in China as well. Um Mm-hmm. So aimed at the, the Chinese audience, we had oh, what was that Matt Damon film? The Martian? No, no, the the one. Oh, the, the Great Wall. Oh, the, the Great Wall. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was about to say the one about the wall. Um, okay. <laughs> and that was, you know, obviously sort of set in in China. The you know mm-hmm. had a strong Chinese cast and. Um, I don't know. You how... see that with, with most most blockbusters now will find a reason to have at least one scene or one big set piece set in an Asian city, like for for no apparent reason. You know, the the, the monster or the what the the giant robot or whatever it is will attack an, a city in Asia just so they can film something massive there, like kind of like Pacific Rim and and obviously skyscraper this week is set in Hong Kong. It's like, it's, 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 it's fairly apparent the reasons of why they're doing that. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose it's, it's kind of them Hollywood being a conscious that, you know, um, China is, is part of this global box office. Mm. So I, I can understand their reasons for it, but. Oh, it makes sense. Yeah. 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 Mark, what, what about you? I think I share some of Rob's, you know, things like he uh, he talks about some of the prices. Uh, I guess pricing can be high. I try to go during the uh, the day because you know I can afford nine dollars. But if you go to like nighttime or, or you know, God forbid, IMAX, which is like seventeen fifty, <laughs> um, for twice as loud. Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I I personally like to go to the the movies. I have you know budgetary concerns. And I'm trying to at least go to see one movie a month. Um, you know, I watch majority of like DVD stuff that's not currently relevant. I, I feel like a big part of it has, to, you know, has to do with the on-demand stuff, the the streaming stuff, and people just wanting to. You know, I'm old-fashioned. I like to watch if I'm watching a DVD at my even my house. I like to sit in front of the TV and have a physical copy. I don't want to sit in front of my computer or cell phone and watch a digital movie. But some people are into the whole streaming, taking your TV anywhere thing, and that's probably impacting it to some degree, I would imagine. The thing is with Netflix for me is that there's so much choice that it almost becomes impossible to find anything to watch. I don't know if anyone else is that problem. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. It becomes almost redundant with how many choices there are. It's like, oh my, you're inundated. Yeah, I'm going to be dating myself with with a statement, but I miss video stores <laughs> where you can No, I agree. I, I, I do too. I feel too. like it was easier to flip through mm-hmm. actual things in a store and find something interesting to watch read the back of the cover than flip through, you know, cycles of uh, you know, pictures on on Netflix and, you know, Prime's even worse. You can't even like see everything without going one at a time, you know. 
Yeah, I, I, uh, did you, just to go on a little bit of a uh, off topic slightly, I heard mm -hmm. that there's only one blockbuster video store left in America now? <laughs> yeah. It, interesting. They had them in Canada, I've been told. Well, not blockbuster, but, but video rental places more than they do here. I don't know where it's located. It, Rob, is it in your town? <laughs> no, it's. I, I think actually it's in Alaska. It's this town in Alaska, and it's like subsidized, you know, just to stay alive kind of thing. Keep so, it going. Um, but, I mean, Redbox, to a large degree, I think, um, right, is yeah. the only thing that is comparable to, you know, existing, because you have sort of the Redbox instant where you get, like, kind of crappy titles. I haven't seen it recently, but when it came out, I was looking through it, and it's kind of crappier titles available streaming-wise. And then oh, really? the, the physical Redbox locations where you can rent movies, uh, I think DVDs and Blu-rays. Yeah, but, I use um, it all the time. Okay, okay. Um, I, I personally have never used Redbox. I've just sort of been aware of it, and I, I've seen it, you know, when I go to the grocery store, it's there. But but it's but it's only relevant. It's, it's, it's like new releases. It's like what you can buy... Yeah. This week, so it's like, or if they release, you know, Fallen Kingdom, they might release Jurassic World again just to sell things. But you can't get, like, old things or, like, just no. look through, you know. And that's the difference, like, with, with the video story that I think people at least forget a little bit is is it wasn't just those new releases that you had to return in, mm. like, two days. Mm. You know, it was, like, it, all of the movies, like, a lot of older movies you could watch and that, you know, as a, you know, as a kid growing up, you just didn't see yet it was it was something new so um, yeah i think that that's a that's a great part of that experience as well yeah. um and and speaking just really quick speaking to the theater going experience the cinema going experience uh, there's so many movies that i wish i could have seen on the big screen mm -hmm. that you know i might never get to that's but i belong to a local film society a local like theater and they occasionally will show older films on the big screen and um, I'm just hoping that they that they end up playing some of my favorites, but you know, there's no guarantee. But um, like for instance, that the 50th anniversary of 2001 that's playing in 70 millimeter, yeah. like I would out would be an amazing experience to be able to see that. Like the, whenever I go to the theater, all the ones that I want to see, it it announces that they played last month. Right. <laughs> it, it's like I, I I don't know what that's about, like Jaws and. I'm like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, so I just picked the wrong day to go to the theater, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, it's quite interesting that you say that in in terms of um, theaters now showing uh, older older films, they you know, as a special sort of one-off screening. There's this, a picture house near me um, it's mm -hmm. called Harbor Lights, and they, they show, like, world cinema, they show, you know, independent films, but they do vintage Sundays. Um, so they okay. just had a Kubrick um, vintage Sunday for, like, every Sunday of the month of May, I think mm. it was. They showed Kubrick films, and then uh, every month of June they've been showing Bergman films. And mm -hmm. now... Uh, for July, they're showing Hitchcock films, and okay. it's—I've been to a few of them, and it's been amazing. I went to see ages ago. They had uh, Metropolis being shown. Mm -hmm. Oh wow! Oh wow! That's great. I know, mm. and even though it's a silent film, it was amazing because it was like—you f forget like watching it on a small screen. You forget like the 
the scale of the models that were made for that film and you know the set you know set drops and ha- the amount of extras there were and the cast was so huge and everything about it and I, I feel like almost do you think cinemas are consciously doing this more often now in order to get in an older audience maybe people who have you know know about these films who have studied them or watched them you know when they first came out although i guess you must be very old if you watch metropolis when it first came out. <laughs> i saw it in the theaters when i first came out i don't know about you guys <laughs> <laughs> wow you're looking good for your age how old are you 100 oh <laughs> uh, yeah i lost I... track yes we're 100 um yeah i think it's not... almost to keep it in the public conscious conscience because like if you think about it, like if I feel like there, it's like getting less and less of people that really appreciate film history mm-hmm. and and the sort of classic touchstone films throughout history that have really made a cinematic like impact. And so to me, it's almost just like, hey, this is still really imp- like this is still really important and relevant. And I feel like the the world is slowly moving away from that. Bianca, were, were there were there a lot of people at these screenings that you're going to? Um, for the Metropolis one, no, there wasn't. Um, but then I did see The Fly, um, which was re-released, and that was packed, and that was great. Like the atmosphere, watching The Fly, like the David Cronenberg one. Yeah, the Cronenberg one. Okay. Um, that was like they sold out. So and. It was amazing. Recently, recently here, uh, one of the, the the major cinema chain in Australia did a classic Disney movie fest, and it was one Disney movie every weekend for four weeks. And it was Bambi, Dumbo, okay. 101 Dalmatians, and The Lion King. Um, and, like, tickets were, eight, I think, $8 for everybody, which is about $5 US. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a four-year-old nephew who I'm – trying my hardest to impart all my film knowledge onto to turn him into a film buff as well. Um, it was a great opportunity. I mean, he's seen some of these things on DVD and stuff, and I thought this is a great chance to get him into the cinema to see these kind of Disney seminal classics. And, you know, there was maybe four or five other people in the cinema, and it was so disappointing because it was, you know, such a great opportunity and such a cheap price. And it still mm-hmm. couldn't get people in to see it, which was so disappointing. That is a real shame. I mean, oh. I think one of my first experiences going to the cinema was to see a re-release of The Jungle Book. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I remember that from, oh gosh, I must have been four. But the cinema where I used to live uh, when I was growing up was only two screens. And it was a very old cinema, like it was falling apart. Um, <laughs> but 
it was the only cinema within like a certain distance now there wasn't a multiplex or anything so that's where everybody went to and it was always packed and um, I just remember being falling in love with watching film because of it seemed so magical and because it was in an older theatre as well it looked a lot more more grand it didn't look the same generic sort of look as you get nowadays <laughs> but i'm just wondering what's your sort of first ex- like memories of going to the cinema now we see how old you really are we know that mark went to see <laughs> metropolis in 1927 <laughs> <laughs> well, my first like my first memory, and and this is still like such a strong um, e- e- like evocation for me is popcorn. The smell of popcorn is like the movie theater to me. So, uh, of course, I am kind of addicted to it a little bit. But um, so, but yeah, so that and just the whole experience of going into a dark theater and sitting in not maybe not the most comfortable chair. And but just sort of being um, having that experience of being sort of taken into another world and like the lights go, you know, the lights go down. And it's just um, it's a great it's a really like I I really have those young memories of it being a powerful and sort of intoxicating experience. We didn't talk about this avenue yet. My first uh, movie I ever saw like on the big screen was uh, E.T. at the drive in. Wow. wow. Um, and I remember, <laughs> I remember that you know, I was like five years old. It was too, you know, it was too, uh, too, too young to remember. But like, I didn't go to the theater for a while after that, just because I don't, I don't know. I watched a lot of home videos, and then like, I think uh, the first movie I ever went back to see when I was like eighteen was uh, <laughs> I know you did last summer. <laughs> uh, a plus film. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> but but I agree with Rob. It's like the 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 experience of of that the big screen and it does something you know different uh when you go see something like that in the, in the theater and it just kind of like uh pulls you out of reality and it's like now i go and it's like sometimes it's you get those annoying experiences we talked about cell phones you know whatnot but sometimes you get that experience again when a movie's you know just so powerful that reminds you of that what about you, Doug? What's, do, you, do you remember your first time going to the cinema? I do. I Strangely, it's it's always stuck in my memory because I think that was really the starting point of everything. And it was uh, it was actually The Little Mermaid in oh. would have been 1989. Oh. I think I was about four or five. And I can just I can just remember it's like like you guys have said that experience of the anticipation of sitting there waiting and watching the trailers for other things and then the lights going down and the smell of popcorn and just it was such an experience um definitely in the, in the late 80s and early 90s cinema was still such a event thing to do and it was such an experience and it was a shared experience as well it was always you and other people sharing that experience together for good or for bad um that's obviously still the case now but it was just yeah. it's something about that, it, just seeing things on the big screen was, like, obviously I had been watching things at home on TV, but nothing compared to seeing something in such a larger scale on a bigger screen, particularly something as, you know, sort of colourful and dazzling to a child as a Disney movie. Now it's time for ice cream. Or maybe some nuts. 
cool glass of orange. Why not try a hot dog? Or the real thing, a cool, refreshing Coca-Cola. From the sales staff and in the foyer, now. early 90s when you know we were sort of growing all up um we didn't have distractions of mobile phones right yeah because oh. even when you weren't enjoying a film you still sort of had to sit there and, and <laughs> or you could walk out obviously but you know. well it demands it demands something of you know going to the movies demands you have to be there at a certain time you know that means that you have to find parking uh, if you have kids, that means you have to find a sitter. If you, you know what I'm saying, like you make the movie your priority. Like, and mm. that, that's I, I feel like that experience has slowly gone away because people, again, it's like you uh, have your cell phone that you're kind of, which is sort of an extension of yourself. And you, and mm. you know, that, I would say that the average moviegoer does not think seriously of those warn you know the warnings before like <laughs> please silence your cell phone because again it's just about like yeah. who care you know who it's just a movie and well, it's like yeah. yeah but like you're going as part of like it's the whole like communal experience of even going and yeah and putting that considerate uh can, or giving the consideration to the artist but anyway i'll shut up <laughs> no it's, it's fine sure. you're, but, but you're correct Rob, because it's like if even if you're looking at the the phone, you don't think it's doing the same to you, but it's, it's just pulling you out of the experience. Mm. I remember, uh, you know, when Rob was saying, like, you had to get to the movie on time, you know, because it was showing. Like, now there's so many different screens that they can show the films, like, all the time. You know, like, every uh. other screen is the screening of this and, you know, like, Ant-Man or Han Solo or whatever. So... Right. I remember being really annoyed by my auntie who was taking me to see the Hercules film and we were <laughs> late and I missed like the first 15 minutes and that has the best song in it. Like, <laughs> and everybody... I, I, I remember that. I missed yeah. the, the opening of Jurassic Park. <gasps> the first, the first no. I missed... We were late and we got there like, really late and we the only seats available left were in the very, very front row. We missed the first oh, 10 minutes and... No. It was just, you just feel like you've really missed something because you're just trying to jump in at a certain point and having no idea what's going on. And so I, I, I guess you, people don't make it that priority anymore because it's kind of, I, I see it all the time, like people just strolling in yeah. at random points at the start of the movie and it's like, do you not, are you not caring about seeing the start <laughs> anymore? It's really it's such a strange thing to see when people just kind of stroll in, you know, 10 minutes into the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. 
the trailers give away everything in the film anyway. Well, so. <laughs> well, no, that happened to me in A Quiet Place. And like Bianca, you just saw that the beginning of A Quiet Place is pretty important, you know, <laughs> and people come in like 10, 15 minutes into the start of the movie. And it's like, what is what is wrong with you people? Like, you can't, you're not, you're not even, you didn't even see the same movie. Like, come on. It's funny you mentioned A Quiet Place because that's probably one of the best experiences I've had recently with an audience just completely being respectful of everybody else because it was so quiet in the actual mm-hmm. movie. No yeah. one's checking their phone. No one wanted to really eat popcorn or Russell, Russell plastic wrappers open or check their phone or anything because it was so much more obvious what they were doing because of the silence in the film. So I, I've mm-hmm. never seen an audience of cinema goers just be so quiet and respectful. <laughs> it was such an odd experience. Yeah, well, it's that I know heightened I atmosphere. It's that heightened atmosphere, though, that almost yeah. just, that's why you go to the movies, you know, so I, I think yeah. they really did a great job of that. See, I wonder whether the reason that there's been a decline in cinema attendance is because the cinemas, the people attending cinemas now are, I, w- I don't want to sound mean to the young people, but they are a bit, a bit younger now, aren't they? I mean, <laughs> there's always, I do wonder how they get through, like, when they get ID'd and then they're watching, like, a, a 18 or a 15, and I'm like, wait a second, you go to school with my brother, you're in the same year as him. <laughs> But do you, do you think that's the case that perhaps maybe now there's the it, it's less for, you know the 30 to 45 bracket has now stopped going and maybe they're now watching television it's probably because the young people are the worst offenders of everything we've been saying <laughs> i think i i had a, a really terrible experience fairly recently i took my mum to see Love, Simon, and I, I had already seen it, so it, it was my second time. And, I mean, this is going to make me sound like a grumpy old man, but there was <laughs> a, 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 group of, a group of younger girls who, mm. you know, were, ch- like, chatting during the movie, but not, not actually chatting about the movie, just chatting amongst themselves, oh, no. uh, taking, yeah. taking photos, texting, taking uh, selfies, taking photos of the screen, just being, <laughs> like... To the point where I actually yelled out, shut up, because I, I actually, I snapped. I don't even remember doing it. It just kind of came out of my mouth. It, it worked to a degree. They did kind of, it, it kind of put them on notice. But they even then, they only lasted maybe another 20 minutes and they started chatting again. So I think, I know that sounds, you know, like that older crowd is trying to get away from that younger crowd. But I think they know that they have real difficulty staying off their phone for 90 minutes. It's just, it's like, it's asking too much of them. Oh, is this guy ever going to shut up? Mm, please watch the movie. Oh. You, you show up to these places, you put me in a situation. I'm a big guy. Everybody wants to fight the yeah, big guy. Yeah, you are. Hey, uh, Mark Wahlberg, shut your bitch up. Mark, Mark Wahlberg? Me? Who else looks like Mark Wahlberg? Your girl? Mark Wahlberg's like 150 pounds. I'm 250 lean. I look like Mark Wahlberg Eight, Mark Wahlberg. Your muscles aren't a fucking problem. Do you it's your live? yapping girlfriend. Just say fuck you. Yeah. I will fuck you, all right? I will enter you. You're going to enter me? Did you hear what he said? What are you talking about right now? I'm just trying to You're just talking about raping him. 
You like movies? We'll make a movie. Oh, God. Uh, we'll make Mama Say Knock You Out, starring my fist in your dick hole. Oh, shit. What the fuck is wrong with this dude? He wants you. Okay, Coco, beware. You know what? You're being an asshole, all right? You know what I do with assholes? I lick them. Okay. Uh, what okay. the He wants to fuck you. Okay? Yeah, and, and when you guys go to the, the theater, um, what do you do with your phones? Silent. <laughs> turn it yep. off. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I leave. I mean, I don't turn it off, but I leave mine. I turn the the ringer off and leave it in my pocket. I don't take it out. Yeah, I I put mine on silent. I put my put it in my bag and push my bag away from me. So, uh, even if so, I can't feel it vibrate because I know that sounds <laughs> odd. But if I feel the temptation, like, yeah, it is difficult to to kind of know that you're disconnected from everything to that. Like if you, what if you miss a major event or something major happens or. You you know you get a, an important message or something from somebody, but it's kind of like you know, even the longest movie only probably goes for three hours or so. Like mm. it's not, it's going to be there waiting for you when the movie finishes. You, you know, whatever it yeah. is, it's probably not that important. That can't wait. But I, I guess that's the 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 state of the world. Is like I the the fear of missing out mm. is so great that you have to constantly be on your phone connected to everything so you know everything that's happening as it happens rather than missing out and finding out about it later bear with me i've just got to tweet something and i'll, I'll come back to the podcast in a second low just recording podcast epic fun smiley face emoji <laughs> do we feel that maybe the type of films being made nowadays <laughs> uh, are keeping us out of the theater. Well, I want to give one example real quick. Um, so the Lego movies have been kind of a big... I mean, that, that those are kids' movies, and so maybe no, they're, they're not, not geared to... <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. She feels strongly about this, right? They're, they're movies that I wouldn't go see, basically, okay? Um, I, I certainly put them in a box. But I saw, I saw... I was reminded of a movie that at least was geared more towards kids. It was a movie that came out when I was a kid called uh, The Indian in the Cupboard. And it was a movie that was based off a book um, that had a pretty big following. And, but it it was sort of like bringing toys to life, you know, bringing, you know, and I thought it was like a really creative, like kind of uh, like heartfelt kind of movie, really good movie for kids. And I was thinking, you know, I wish the Lego movie had just some of that in it. You know, because I really feel like that was just, like, corporate-sponsored, you know, marketing. Last last year, I said that, you know, it, um, the U.S. box office takings were down. And they were saying that was an issue because of the, the summer films that were offered were quite poor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I was trying mm-hmm. to go back and see what summer releases were, you know, were out. And we had the Emoji Movie. Um, oh, really? <laughs> yes, God, I forgot that even came out. So that was um, that was kind of picked to be a, a big summer hit, and that clearly didn't do well. And last last year was quite interesting in terms of what the films. We had some great indie films come out, but mm-hmm. the oh. other films that we had, you know, what was it? There was a Cars movie, there was a Transformers mm-hmm. film, 
But then you had something great like Dunkirk, that which which yes. didn't really feel like a summer a summertime movie. It, it always that was such a strange choice, especially since they were kind of hoping for for Oscars towards the end of the year to release it in July. But I, I think it did extremely well at the box office. So obviously, it was a smart move. But yeah. and that that kind of felt out of out of place amongst the Transformers and the. Yeah, the the kind of bombastic large scale yeah. stuff, which obviously Dunkirk was, but it was it was such a different movie for a summertime. It was refreshing to have something like that yeah. in the middle of so much so much you know sequels and reboots and remakes. There's way too many of those, and I guess I could sound like a grumpy old man too. Uh, but it, it seems like you mentioned independent films, but it, it seems like the you know the the indies are great. You know, um, you know, but the the blo- the blockbusters have gotten more commercialized and more generic. And if they're not reboots, they're just kind of you know blah. I don't know for lack of a lack of a better word. The the preview section of at least American cinema is just it's exorbitant now. It's like thirty minutes long. Rob, would you agree? Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's like it's. Before it was like three movies, you see the feature, and it was like you were there for the feature. Now it's like a big, it's like the whole thing's just an advertisement. Yeah. No, the previews. No, in the American in American cinemas, the previews go for literally thirty minutes. You sometimes mm. see eight or nine previews. Um, yeah. And that's like, and and what's a little bit more like noticeable as well is that they're all themed to the movie you're watching. So, for instance, if you're going to see um, Sicario, you might see previews for things like, um, you know, uh, crime movie. You know what I'm saying? Crime movies, action movies mm-hmm. that are coming out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, right. That you might be all like Skyscraper, because that's coming out in a couple weeks after Sicario 2 was released. So, yeah. it's like, or if it, it's stuff Jurassic like that. World, you're not going to see, you're not going to see things that are inappropriate for kids mm-hmm. at the Jurassic right. World premiere. For exactly. Instance. Yeah. And I think as well, I used to get very excited about watching the trailers, but now that we have YouTube... Uh, well, they give too much away. They, they well, Now yeah. that the trailers just tell you so much about the movie, and it's like, okay, great, uh, now I know what's going to happen, and I, I don't have to see that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the A Quiet Place trailer ruined the first scene of the movie, didn't it? Uh-huh. I think. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's true. I know a few people that just that just will not watch trailers at all. Yeah. Like will want to go into a movie completely cold. I wish I had that willpower, but I just yeah, you see I like them make, make such a <laughs> big deal about the trailer being released when they do a trailer for a trailer release and then they're hyping it up on Twitter <laughs> and it's it's two it's coming in two days. And it's like well, I I can't not be a part of this event of this trailer being released, which is so ridiculous because it's like this isn't even the movie yeah. and we're counting down to the trailer now. Like that's how hyped up you have to get something to get mm-hmm. people out of cinemas. You have to hype up the trailer to then hype up the movie. Well, um, to be, it would be so um, hard to go in with nothing, but I, I can't do it. <laughs> to be fair, I did go to see I Am Legend just to see the teaser trailer for The Dark Knight. So I just <laughs> want to throw that out there. <laughs> it's, it's ten years ago, see, but I did that. <laughs> I went to see uh, it was the Brad Pitt movie where it had the Star Wars Episode One trailer, um, and everybody was going to see that movie just to see the Star Wars trailer. And they, out, they walked out after the trailer was over. It was like oh, that's, that's what, we, what we had to do back in those days to see a trailer. What? That's insane. Yeah. 
you've had to pay a really ridiculous price to you know what what's it like 15 pounds or something which you know i can get um netflix for 5.99 and prime for 5.99 film struck for 5.99 you know yeah things that i would rather i can then have access to so many movies Mm, mm. and then i can get my price of much yeah. less than just one cinema experience. Yeah. I can go and buy my own popcorn, make my own popcorn in the <laughs> microwave. For cheaper. For a lot cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you're, it just doesn't feel like I'm getting my money's worth. For the most part, you're right. I think I, even <laughs> even most mo- like the movies themselves, I would say that are, are not, just in my opinion, are not worth going to the movies for. Now, one movie that I will say in the last roughly 10 years that I felt like it was worth that money and I paid extra for it was Inception. I saw it in mm-hmm. IMAX um, back in, I think it was like July of 2010. And I just remember being so excited about it. I was still talking about it for three hours after it was over um, at like one o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, oh, yeah, I spent probably, you know, like close to $30 just for myself with like the concessions and everything, but it was so worth it because I was so overjoyed by that experience. So now does that happen very often? No, (laughs) but that's what I'm chasing. That's sort of the feeling I I want to have. And that's why I love going to the movies. Even if, even if I know more than likely that's not what's going to happen. When I saw uh, gravity, I think that was 2014. Um, Uh. Had that kind of that uh, that complete experience with that too. Um, when you're talking about cinema, like decline in cinema visits, I, and then you realize that like you know mm-hmm. the theaters charge so much for concessions to make up for you know ticket sales because they only get the theater only gets like ninety percent of the proceeds of the film for like the the opening weekend, and then they get like something like 10 to 15% for the rest of its runtime, no movie makes their money back in the box office. So what is the point of the exorbitant ticket price? I think here in Australia, they've, they've, I guess they've tried to justify that by giving us sort of fancier seats and like the, the sort of more premium experience. It's like, well, you're, you know, you're not just getting a seat in a theatre anymore. You're getting a, a big leather seat with a little table to put your drink on and all that kind of stuff. And it, it's, it's kind of like, well this is why the ticket price is this. And it's, it's kind of like, well, is it really? Is it really worth that? Because my couch at home is still more comfortable than the seat you've got in the cinema and I can sit on that for free. So, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and they started to, like, refit some of the, like, some of the multiplexes here with seating like that and sort mm. of keeping, keeping the prices the same. So, <laughs> I, I mean, and I just think it's because there's so many options in America. Like, I mean, mm. I don't, I, I've never been to Australia, so I don't know, like, for instance, where you are if you have four or five options to go see a, the same movie. But it's, to, to me, that's, that's kind of where I am. Um, and uh. sometimes I feel lucky because, you know, there, sometimes there are varied options, but sometimes I have to wait a long time before, like, an ind- independent movie comes um, so, like, uh, you were never really here. I had to wait, like, four four to five weeks after it was released in, like, bigger cities for it to come here, but... I mean, are we making more of an effort nowadays to go to the theatre to see independent films? Or... Yeah. 
Because in the studios, yeah. they just release a lot of the same stuff. Like, they release the superhero <laughs> movie. They release the, you know, um, you have, I guess, Harry Potter still petering out franchise movies. Mm. You know, and then you have your, your Oscar movies that come out either at the very end of the year um, to the very, you know, early, very beginning of the year. So, and then everybody else, it's like independent studios are putting out the worthwhile things by, by independent uh, directors. And they're proving to be quite popular, actually, because, you know, look at the success of Get Out and Hereditary. But I think, I think the results of some, some of these things, it's kind of like there is still a big market for original cinema. I know that the, the sequels and the remakes and the reboots are the stuff that get that billion-dollar price, the billion-dollar box office return, but then even, even smaller original things are doing exceeding expectations. Something like Get Out is a perfect example. Like, it's not based on a comic book, it's not a sequel, it's not a remake, it's not a reboot, and yet, you know, it can still earn over $100 million in the US. That's such a huge achievement, and it, it, it just gets overshadowed by, you know, Deadpool 2 doing $500 million or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, it shows that there is still... And it's not... I don't, I don't think it's just kind of that film buff audience. It's kind of that the, the word-of-mouth buzz can still help a film more than critics' reviews, more than any advertising. It's kind of like that event film that everybody's talking about that you have to go and see. You don't wait for this for DVD. Don't wait for it to come to Netflix. Go and see it now so it's not spoiled for you so you can see it without knowing the ending and all those kinds of things. It's like that that, that can still happen, and that's that's really promising that original content can still actually make money. Just to wrap this up, guys... I'm going to ask you, honestly, how many times that you go to the cinema a year? <laughs> it, it fluctuates. Like a couple of years ago, maybe like six or seven. <laughs> uh, last year, only a couple of times. This year, maybe close to, to ten because I'm trying to make a, a stronger effort to get out of the house and see, you know, box office films while they're actually in the theater. Oh, good for you. That's amazing. What about you, uh, Rob? Um, I, I roughly average about 20, wow. 20 uh, cinema visits a year. Uh, sometimes I, I hit the numbers, sometimes I don't, but it's r- roughly around around there. So I try to I try to um, look at what's coming out, you know, at the beginning of the year, and try to say what I'd be interested in seeing, and depending on you know. Um, what I'm doing and how I feel about that as it as that release is coming, you know, is I just determine whether I want to see it or not. So, but so, um, so you set yourself out a schedule at the start of the year and you say, okay, I'm interested in seeing those films. I'll go see them. You know, that in May, this in June. You know. Yeah. Okay. Pretty much. Oh, that's a good way of doing it. Uh, and what about you, Doug? I suppose I'm a little bit different because I. Obviously, I have my own website where I review things, so I'm pretty much going every week, which is as exhausting as it sounds. Um, <laughs> and then it, it, it's kind of what, so it's it's seeing the best and worst of everything. So it's you know the major things and independent things, and uh, then there's there's strange times when there's a film festival on. So a couple of weeks ago, there was a Sydney Film Festival where I saw I think twelve films in about ten or eleven days back to back. Um, and then the Adelaide Film Festivals later in the year, I think I flew down there and saw six films over three days to cram it all in and then fly back home. So 
I, I suppose I'm, I'm a little bit different in that. It, 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 and then I have my nephew who I take to see every kid's movie because he wants to see everything as well, which is oh, so as, as great as it sounds. It's, it's, it's not because, you know, most kids' movies are made exclusively for children. So I just have, <laughs> have to sit there and tolerate it, um, including all the Lego movies, which I'm sure are still to come. Well, I asked Twitter just to wrap this up, and um, I, I gave him a choice of once a week, once a fortnight, uh, slash a month, every two to four months, or once a year. And um, 32% people say they see a, go to a cinema every, every two to four months. 30% said once a week, 25% said once a fortnight, and 13% of people said once a year, which is wow. a lot higher than I thought it was going to be. I don't know if, if Australia is bucking the trend here, but I just pulled up some figures uh, during the week to kind of investigate. And in 2016, they did a survey, and they, the average Australian saw 6.6 movies a year. Um, but last year, it jumped up to 8.6. So that's mm. a, an increase of two, two more movies that people apparently saw between 2016 and 2017. So be interesting to see if that trend continues for 2018 and the results next year show that it's jumped further. I'm not sure what force at in Australians last year, considering, as we were discussing, the release schedule wasn't particularly strong. But for whatever reason, people, the average Australian saw two more movies last year than they did the year before. So that's well, a promising sign, I suppose. Yeah, let's all be more Australian. So. <laughs> <laughs> I won't argue with that. <laughs> <laughs>